Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As an entrepreneur, mother, wife, and former CEO, I share lessons and stories of both personal and professional successes and failures. Join me along with a diverse list of guests as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your career and your life. Together, we will embrace, empower, and educate each other. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. So welcome to Boss Lady. I know you just heard the introduction, but I wanted to personally welcome you to this week's episode of the Boss Lady Podcast. The random thought for today's show is, look at me, look at me, look at me. We are getting very close to 100 episodes, so I'm really excited. I need to check my numbers exactly. I think we we may be right there. But today, I have another excited guest on, Allie Martin. And I am looking forward to your website, first of all, is very enticing. And I have a lot of, I made myself a note, Allie, to ask you about Martha Stewart. So we got a lot of things to talk about. But Allie is the owner of Fame, I Want Fame and Fortune. And you, Allie, have worked for some pretty, um, what's the word, influencing in, um, organizations. So why don't you just tell us, rather than me reading your long bio, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Teresa. I'm excited for our time together today. Um, yes, I'm Allie Martin. I am owner of Fame and Fortune based in Kentucky. And uh, I've previously worked for brands like Alltech, the International Spa Association, Kinder Scott. And most notably, I was the PR director for the Southeast region of the United States for Amazon. And um, so I started Fame and Fortune about three years ago to work specifically with female entrepreneurs on otherwise known as boss ladies um, <laughs> on, right. their, on their visibility. So tell me, because, you know, I have this conversation all the time. <clears throat> First of all, of all those you just named, Kendra Scott's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I love Kendra Scott jewelry. Sure. And, um, the, yeah, I'm all, and my granddaughters like it as well. So. Uh, I'd like to hear more about that. And of course, Amazon, you know, my husband says he doesn't want to come home after dark because he's afraid he'll trip over the boxes at the door. <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Amazon being uh, delivered. But when you talk about fame and fortune and entrepreneurs, just visibility, because it gets confusing sometimes today because there's so many ways to be visible. You know, how do you help your clients choose what are the most important avenues for them for their visibility? And we'll, I'll just use me for an example as a consultant, a trainer, a keynote speaker. I do a variety of things. What is the best way for visibility for someone like me? The two most powerful uh, methods of visibility that I have found are strategic social media and proactive public relations. And truly, the act of, of working towards either one of those is the fastest way to gain credibility and authority in your industry. 
So that's really the purpose of visibility is to be seen as that thought leader within Mm -hmm. your community and within your industry. And, you know, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got YouTube. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But I've noticed that some of your clients and you are in, you know, you've been on CNN, Forbes, different things like that. So is that what you're talking about when you're talking about PR? Tell me the difference between the PR and just the visibility. Yeah, typically whenever you're thinking about public relations, um, the reason why I specify by saying proactive is because there's definitely the reactive side. And that's more of the crisis communications. You'll find that typically whenever you are working with a really big brand and they have a a crisis happen and they have to scramble and kind of reverse the story. So proactive is more of the approach of you going out and pitching yourself to the media to get media features so that you can get that authority and that credibility that you're looking for. So yes, CNN, Forbes, that's definitely the top tier um, pinnacle of of those uh, visibility opportunities within public relations. But I really preach and teach a methodology that allows you to start on the very basic local level and stair-step your way up to those CNN and Forbes opportunities. So give me an example of that. What would what would local be? So um, with the publicity stair step that I um, teach, the local level starts with um, things like your local TV station, your local newspaper, even radio stations. Um, And then from there, once you've gained that experience and that recognition within that local community, you can stair step it up to the industry level. That industry level includes podcasts like this and industry publications. And then, of course, once you've dominated that space, you are able to step it up to the national stage and that national presence and recognition. So three years ago, kind of maybe a little before the pandemic, you decided to leave, you know, a big company and go out on your own. What made you decide to do that? Because so many of us did that, you know, (laughs) and are still Um, doing it. I I will say um, it was not by choice. I was a force. So I actually endured um, a a series of layoffs and uh, within the last two companies that I worked for. And after the second one, I had really decided enough was enough. And I was tired of putting my uh, eggs all in the basket of somebody else to hold and handle. Um, I really felt like I had the skills and the training necessary to be able to help small business owners and specifically female business owners with their marketing and social media and public relations. Right. Um, just just because that that really is where my passion lied. And I thought, well, instead of bouncing around and um, kind of just getting thrown by the wayside whenever the company decides that's what's going to happen, um, I'm going to control that. And gosh, I'm so glad that all those things happened. Now looking back, I wish I would have done it 10 years earlier. I know, right? I say the same thing. I say the same thing, that there's nothing like, you know, I'm probably working harder than I worked in my other job as far as hours and and just the amount of brain power. Yes. But I don't, it's just not, I enjoy doing it. It's like I do something and I want to, what can I do more? What can I do next? Mm. So when I left my job, 
I had a fair amount of credibility, if you will. Um, I was known well in the community because I worked for a large nonprofit. So got a lot of donors, you know, was in the social circles to, you know, get those, be around those kind of people. And so when I left, I spent a lot of time making sure I told people what I was about to be doing. There's a question in here. But for someone that leaves a company where they didn't already have that recognition in their community or that um, contact list of people that could hire them, how do you recommend that someone just get started with visibility? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked, Teresa. I have a steps of six steps that you can take to really be your own publicist. That's that's really what I like to teach uh, female business owners to be able to do because hiring a publicist can be expensive. And right. if you don't have a specific end goal in mind, um, it can feel like it's not something you can get to just yet. So if you're ready to do this for yourself, if you're ready to dive in and get these features that you're looking for, here are the six steps that I have. So the very first one, um, when you're thinking about crafting a pitch, so that's really how we get our message across to any journalist is we are sending them a pitch. Typically, that's done through email. Um, but whenever you're thinking about your pitch, you have to think about your unique story. What what have you done that you can tell your story and help others? Mm -hmm. But something I want you to keep in mind is be very authentic and truthful in that story. Uh, I have seen time and time again where people feel like, well, my story is not that great. Maybe I can just add a little fluff to it. Yeah. or um, And then that can get you in trouble because some, sometimes those things pick up and they can grow like wildfire. And then you find yourself on this national stage with a inauthentic story. So just knowing right off the bat, the very first step is to be authentic and truthful in that story. The second thing to remember when you're crafting a pitch to a journalist is remembering it's not about you. Mm. So while we are wanting to tell our story and the goal of pitching ourselves is so that we can get publicity, we have to remember that the goal of these media outlets is not to tell our story. The goal of these media outlets is to serve their customers, which are their viewers, are their listeners, are their readers. So what is it, in, what's in it for them? What about this outlet do they try to convey to their customers? So, you know, knowing that a morning lunchtime TV show um, is more light and fluffy. Right. And if we can show them quickly how to whip up a, a batch of, uh, of brownies, then that's going to be more appealing to them than us being able to say, I want to teach you how to pitch to the media. They're going to say, well, our audience doesn't care about that. Yeah. So that that's really, you know, a great way to frame how you were going to tell your story. So the third thing is to really thinking about how you can make it timely and relevant. So, uh, for instance, uh, International Women's Day was a couple of months ago, and mm -hmm. I was able to reach out to all of my local TV stations and get appearances on all of those by being able to say, I am a female business owner, and I help fellow female business owners, and I want to help them know that they have an idea or a message that they want to convey that they should go after it. Mm -hmm. And so, that was timely and relevant to uh, what the media outlet was trying to convey. Right. So 
thinking about in that frame of mind. Uh, the fourth tip that I have is really being able to sell the topic or sell the idea that you're conveying. So giving a stat is super powerful. So whenever I'm pitching to these media outlets that I want to come on to talk uh, for International Women's Day, by saying 75% of business owners are um, males and that I want to encourage more women to be business owners and or another stat what that there's 200% more business owners that are female now than 20 years ago. Yeah. These are the kind of stats where they go, ooh, yeah. this is good. This is something we can use. So anything like that, research, statistics, um, even anecdotal information. I've had a client before where um, she wrote a book about her addiction to Adderall. We were able to pull in a doctor who was able to say, yes, the addiction for Adderall is on the rise and it particularly in college students. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to kind of give that credibility and a source through a doctor as well that right, could right. appear on that um, interview. The fifth one I have is mapping out the segment for the producer, the editor, whoever you are sending this pitch to. So the idea here is that journalists are overworked and underpaid. Right. They have more on their plate than ever before. And whatever you can do to make their life easier, make their job easier, they are going to say yes. So if we can say, here are the points that I would make in the interview. Here are the questions the reporter could ask me in the interview. And here's how I would respond. And again, I have a doctor who you can interview as well. He's already agreed to being on the program to be interviewed. Right. These things that the producer of that TV show would say, yes, 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 yes. If, if they had the time and space for it, they would totally go down that. Because if you think, if they have all of this laid out for them versus going over here and having to craft a story out of thin air, right. they're always going to go with the one that that's already um, put together. And so just any way you can make it easy for them. And then finally, um, my, my last piece of advice, whenever you are pitching yourself to the media is to have an opinion and take a stand. So this can sometimes look like a very controversial opinion, but anytime you can say, Hey, I know everyone's talking about this topic and this is their opinion on it, but I actually think that it's maybe more like this and a conflicting maybe argument that's something that the media would really love to be able to tell that perspective because it gets people talking. If you think about like a, a morning radio DJ, they might be inclined to say, what'd you all think about the Grammys last night? What'd you all think about the Oscars? Call, give us a call in and let us know. They don't typically like to take a stand and make that opinion, but right. they like to get the conversation going. So if we can be that opinionated person and get the conversation going for them, it drives traffic on their social media. It drives traffic and viewers on their website, which are all things that they're looking for. That they want. Yep. You know, I think the magic to me, there's so much good in those six tips. And thank you for being uh, sharing those with our listeners. The one that I think we all have to remind ourselves, and I hear this often, is we have to remember that's what that most people are interested in what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. I know even you as an example, when I get emails from 
you know, podcast agents, I call them, that are pitching their clients. Some are quite frankly sound like they're just trying to sell me on something. Yeah. And those I don't usually, I say thank you, but you know, my calendar's full. Yes. As opposed to, we were just talking about the young lady that works with you, Natalie, and works with some others that have been on my show. She tells me why she thinks you and or the uh, someone else is a good fit for the type of listeners. Mm-hmm. So it tells me a couple of things that she's done her research on my podcast. Yep. And she's matching what she thinks is my um niche or my audience, my target market to who's in her portfolio. Right. And I think that's one of the most valuable things you shared with us is we have to put our foot ourselves in the other person's shoes. Yeah. Because otherwise we are, and it doesn't mean we can't sell our product. I mean, obviously we're talking about what you do for a living. When I go on others podcasts, I talk about what I do for a living Sure. But we've got to give something of value to get people's attention. That be? I, think, I think today value is going to get you further than any other strategy, whether it is in public relations, whether it is on social media. You know, I think a lot of times people can look on social media and say, oh, it's just the highlight reels of what everybody is doing. And, right. and you know, the, the Photoshop photos. Um, but but whenever you can take that back seat and say, actually, what can I give to my followers? What can I give to the listeners of this TV station or this podcast? Um, you you suddenly flip the switch and are able to give, give, give. And the, the customers, the listeners no longer look at it as your sales pitch. Right. It's not this oh, I want to turn that off because it's icky. It is like, wow, if that's what she's giving for free, what is she going to get? give whenever I pay? I pay, right. Yeah, great, great point. I know it's often, uh, I'm in a group, a networking group, BNI, which is a national group. And one of our mottos is giver's gain. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly educating our members that, it's important for you to give to the organization. It's important to you. And I'm not talking about money referrals and, you know, introductions and those things, because then people trust you that it's that old, you know, adage, no like, and trust. And yes. once they know, like, and trust you, they're more inclined uh, to have you be part of their sphere of influence. And that's what we're really after, right. Is to connect with those people um, that can help us reach the people we don't know. And, and there's nothing icky about that. That's just how the world works, right? And Teresa, I think you just made a solid point. You know, if anybody listening is uh, thinking, okay, this is something I want to do. This is a path I want to take. Where do I start? And I would really encourage them to gain clarity about where their ideal customers are. So where are they hanging out online? What podcasts are they listening to? Right. Uh, what TV shows are they listening to? What magazines are they reading? Where, Whenever you can gain that clarity of what those dream outlets are and start working towards them, the, it, the path to success becomes so much more clear and so, so much shorter, really, because yeah. you're able to just um, zone in exactly of where they are and how you can serve them. Yeah, and I think, you know, I do, a partner and I, 
uh, Jennifer that's in business with me, we do some things together. And one of the things we do is a goal setting workshop every year. And we've done it three times already this year because people really wanted it. But it's writing down. I mean, I can hire you, Allie, to help me get more visibility, but I have to know what is it I'm putting out there. Yes. And I'm sure you can help your customer craft that. But, you know, I'm kind of, I'm in my fourth year of business and I've worked really hard to narrow down my, and I don't really like the, the you know, elevator speech, but I, I've really worked hard to articulate what I do so that people can understand it um, because it's, it's not, it's not easy to do that. And, and I've worked with people and I've paid people and it's worth every dime to hire people like you to help me craft my message. Because otherwise I get out there and I'm stumbling all over myself, you know, and that doesn't, you really only get one shot. <laughs> well, and I, I really like that point, Teresa, because um, I've really enjoy working with people that have a very specific goal or mission. A lot of times a um, individual will go to a book publisher. They have a great book idea. The publisher will say, okay, how many do you have on your social media following? We are looking to only work with people that have at least 10,000 followers across the board, or we are really looking for you to have 20 features in top tier publications where you're talking about this topic. Mm. So it's really this idea that you have to be known in your industry and first of all, with the audience number, but then you also have to be known in your industry by having these conversations already. Yeah. Uh, the, these book publishers um, are looking for these guaranteed success. And whenever they can look at somebody that says, all right, they've got a great audience and they're already talking about this topic and getting good results and feedback. So that's to them. Those are two points where they really know that after that, okay, if you've checked those boxes off, we're good to move forward with this idea. So I work with a lot of people that will come to me and say, hey, I don't have the 10,000 followers or right. I haven't talked about, I haven't done any media interviews. So I really like those because you are able to have like a very focused goal and you have a very specific purpose for doing the social media or the public relations to achieve that end goal of having a book. So yeah. if, if somebody is looking to, to write a book, really keep those things in mind and start working on those things now, because by the time you are ready to send that uh, pitch into the publisher, you're, you're going to wish that you would have started a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's so helpful. I, I'm a huge proponent of hiring coaches and consultants, and not just because that's what I do for a living. Um, but even when I was working in corporate America, I hired consultants. I, I I just did because consultants have a way of, they study usually one thing, you know, and I may know a little bit about that one thing, but to have somebody come in and that only works on that one thing is incredibly helpful and I hired a coach before I went into business. I've hired coaches since to help me narrow down my, excuse me, my brand and get my pitch and all of those things. So it's it's investing in yourself, right? I think you have to invest in yourself in order to see a return because there's so, so many options out there now. Right. It right. can be overwhelming. 
And, and whenever you are working with a publicist, you do have that experience and that knowledge. Uh, but beyond that, you have their relationships that they've already yeah. built with the media. Uh, that can be incredibly powerful whenever you are looking to break into industries and outlets that are difficult to tap right. into. Um, they can also, as you mentioned, coach on your messaging and help determine as a former journalist myself, before I went into public relations, we're able to identify what is a newsworthy story, whereas sometimes somebody just knows their story, but they don't know what piece is actually going to be enticing to the mm, journalist. So being right. able to really craft that can be a really powerful tool because once you've got a good story, you can run with it from there. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So as we kind of come to a close, what... If you give someone that, you know, maybe they're starting out in business or maybe they have been in business two or three years and they're they're at a stalling, there's not enough new clients coming in, what would be the first advice you would give them? Just, just kind of down and dirty, here's what you need to do. I would start building relationships with journalists now. And what that mm-hmm. looks like whenever you are on a national basis is starting to follow them on social media, engaging with them on social media. Because whenever you think about sending that pitch to them six months from now or a year from now, the only two things they're going to see whenever they see that email land in their inbox is the name of the person it came from and the the email subject line. Mm. So if they can start to recognize that person that's sending them that email and they've seen your name pop up by you is commenting on their dog that they post on social media um, or praising them for a story that they've written about previously, they're going to be much more likely to open that email. So whatever you can do now, uh, that was actually one of the very first tasks I was given uh, as a very young PR associate was to go have coffee with five journalists every single month. And so I did that. And I actually still to this day have relationships with those journalists that I went and had coffee with every single month. And so to me, that is the most powerful thing you can do for your business um, to, to get started right now. Yeah. Great advice. You know, at the end of the day, it always comes down to relationships, right? Being authentic and building relationships, regardless of what you're trying to do. Well, thank you so very much. I really, really appreciate you going through your six tips. And uh, I think that'll be helpful. This this would be one of those shows where people have to pause and write and pause and write and go back. And I love that because I like for the listeners to be able to get real actionable items. Now, tell us, and it'll be in the notes, but tell us where we can find you. Well, thank you, Teresa. I'm so glad you had me on. And yes, um, I do have a program called BeYourOwnPublicistNow.com and it's $27 and it actually walks you through those steps along with all the templates and even media lists ready for you to to send your pitches to. So that would be where I would direct everybody to if this is something you're interested in diving into yourself. BeYourOwnPublicistNow.com Now.com I may advertise that as $27, you said? Yes. Oh, my. I have a boss lady women's organization. So I may tag you and put you and advertise that to my light. Is it online? I assume it is. Yeah. Okay, good. 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 Since you're in Kentucky and we're in Florida. Okay, good. 
All right. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been very nice to meet you. And again, tell Natalie, I appreciate the handwritten <laughs> thank you note. We were chatting. Um, Allie's partner or our podcast agent, I call him, sent me a handwritten thank you note because I've had a couple of her clients on and I was really, I have it sitting right here in front of me because it's just Perfect. nice to get a handwritten thank you note. Speaking about building relationships, right? Right there. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Teresa. And as I always do, I end my show with my grandfather saying, take time to stop and smell the roses. So until we meet again, take care.